Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe we have a great show for you guys today? Isaiah Roby of the Oklahoma City Thunder joins the boys, so buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they are free. So 367 coming hot at you guys. And so 366. And I'm joined on this one by Alex Tossman, the Octosopolis, Nicholas Snacks, Kreider, and yes, Isaiah Roby for an awesome show. Love having the NBA guys in. Uh, Isaiah's story is really great. Crazy road to the NBA. But dude is in for a massive, massive year. And not just saying that because he's on the show. Like, go watch his tape. Toss rewatched it and was like, yo, you got to watch the tape. I watched the tape. And I'm like, yo, Nick, guess what? You got to watch the tape. Nick, watch the tape. He's like, yo. So without giving too much away in that series of yo's I just gave you guys, uh, this really is a great one. Isaiah's the man. Uh, so we hope you enjoy. Without further ado, the Charity Stripe presents Isaiah Roby. And this is Isaiah Roby, guys, joining us today. Isaiah, second round pick. You come in. Do your thing. You had a great season last year. You know, you're going to get some serious minutes on a team with a lot of potential, a lot of good young guys, but you're a young guy too, yet you've been there for a while and just kind of how the NBA works. What are you feeling going into this year as far as what your role is going to be for personal as well as kind of being there for those younger guys coming into Oklahoma City? Yeah, it's a quick change for me. Like last year, uh, having got, having a guy like Al Horford around who was, you know, for, for the bigs, like he was our veteran guy. Like he kind of just had, obviously, multi-time all-star, seen a lot, played in the playoffs. Um, so having him around was real big for us. And now this year, like we have Derek Favors and Mike Muscala, but, you know, after that, I'm the next oldest forward forward we have. So like uh, going from last year, practically being my rookie season to now being one of those guys who's kind of looked at as a veteran on this team, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, it's a quick turnaround, but. You know, that's, that's something that I'm looking forward to. You know, I've had a lot of good talks with uh, with our coaching staff. Mm. Uh, obviously, we have a really young team. Like, I think we have, like, maybe five, six guys born after 2000 on our team. Um, <laughs> maybe even more. <laughs> that's crazy, dude. That is so nuts. What's it like having guys, like, under the age of 21 on your team, right? Like, <laughs> it's, it's just weird because, like, I have an 18-year-old brother. And I still yeah. think of him, no way, like, somebody, my, my little brother's age is going to mess with me, you know, on a basketball court. But then you know we got we got a guy like Josh Giddy who's I think he's born 2003 just like just like my little brother and it's like yeah he's you know six pick in the NBA draft so um, and it, it's kind of surreal but um, you know that's that's what the NBA is going towards just young getting younger and younger each year. Mm. Have you gotten to play with him at all yet? I'm so curious about his game. Yeah, yeah, we've got everybody's actually in Oklahoma City. Um, I know like a lot of other teams they're still like out of town and and you know working out and doing their own thing, but uh, we have we have everybody back right now so. Well, we've all been playing pickup. Um, I like his game. He's 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 tall. Like he's legit six eight guard. Um, really like really good vision. And um, I mean, I think especially at eighteen years old, like you got to remind yourself that like um, 
obviously going number six in the draft, like you expect a lot out of him. And I think that he's going to do really good this year. But I mean, he's 18 years old. Like he's got, he's got a lot of room to grow. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, you could kind of speak to that. You went from averaging eight points per game as a sophomore in college to averaging eight points per game in the NBA. Like, right. What was the, what was the turning point in between your sophomore and junior year where things, I guess, clicked for you and you're like, I can be an NBA player. And then you kind of catapulted because it's been stacked against you from the jump, dude. Like you're not, you right. you know, you came out of Chicago. Were you with eighth Mr. Illinois basketball? I couldn't tell you. I know I didn't win it. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, another chip on the shoulder. I mean, the, dude, I mean, I'm right. sure you could attest to Illinois basketball is yeah. probably the best. In, in yeah. The it's tough. When I was in high school, like Jabari Parker was dominated. He, he won four straight NBA champion or NBA four state, uh, four straight state championships. Um, and then when he left, you know, then um, uh, Jalil Okafor was there. Um, Jalen Brunson was there. Cliff Alexander was there. So, you know, uh, Illinois basketball is really, really tough. And, um, you know, my t- I played for a smaller school. You know, my school had about 800 kids in it, 700 kids. So we weren't the biggest school in Illinois. But, um, you know, like you said, like we were ranked in the state. I was you know, going for Mr. Basketball. We ended up my senior year. We lost to the same team three times. And this is the only games we ever lost that my senior year. Um, but like you said, like I always had that chip on my shoulder coming from a small town, going to a school like Nebraska, where, you know, not many guys go to the league from there. Like, that was never my goal, really. My goal going to Nebraska was to do something that never been done in Nebraska, which is to win an NBA, or to win a uh, NCAA tournament game. Um, but the only Big Ten, only Power Five school that never win a, a big or, um, a NCAA tournament game, which, you know, I didn't I didn't accomplish that, honestly. Uh, I think we got snubbed my sophomore year. We should have we made a tournament. Yeah, it's uh, stunk. I remember that. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, we, we played really well that year. I think we won – we were fourth in the Big Ten, which usually the Big Ten sends at least five, six, seven teams. Right. And fourth in the Big Ten, didn't make the tournament. Uh, we won like 23 games. We were like 22 and 10, 22 and 11. Um, ended up not making the tournament. But like you said, like that was the year that I really kind of understood, like, okay, like I'm doing the things that NBA guys are doing. Like I actually had one of my teammates, um, Anton Gill, who was uh, a yeah. out of high school, Went to Louisville, had some injury trouble, ended up coming to Nebraska. And he was the first guy who was like, you know, you can like, you can make the league. Like you, you're you're doing things that league guys do. Like you play the you play the power forward or the five man and you're pushing a fast break and you know, you're a step dunking in transition. Like that's that's NBA stuff. Mm-hmm. And um but he was the first guy who really like said that to me and and like had had that belief in me. And then after that, you know, it just trickled down for like my coaching staff. They were always pushing me like this is your year. Um, this is your year to go. Like, you know, you got to turn it up. Like the potential, you're, we see the potential, but it's time to, you know, fulfill that potential. So that's kind of just been what I've been trying to do ever since then. Yeah. yeah. And you, you had a uh, Hoiberg at the end, right? So I never really had Hoiberg. He he got hired the year I left. Got it. Got it. So, um, mm-hmm. But it was kind of cool because um, the coach that I came in with, Coach Miles, he got fired that year, that summer. I put my name in the draft and they hired Hoiberg. And then Hoiberg was around. Like immediately, he was in the gym. Like he was working me out, getting me ready for draft. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I imagine that's really valuable since he had just come back from the NBA. You know, being with the Bulls, that must have been really helpful for you. Yeah, it was. It was really helpful because, like, for one, he kind of gave me like an idea of what what draft workouts would be. And then, like, for my first, like, maybe I'd end up doing like seventeen NBA workouts. Maybe from like my first six or so, he he was calling. He would call the other, he would call the team right after I got done. Like, hey, how do you do? Uh, what's he look like? What do you guys think of him? And after a while he started, I think he got the, like, he just knew, like, I was, I wasn't coming back. Like 
I think he got like the same, the same advice that I was, or the same like feedback I was getting was, you know, he's doing really well. He's showing us what he can do. And so I think after a while, he kind of turned his focus to towards recruiting other guys, but um, you know, he was, he was a really good tool for me while in the, in the little bit of time that, that we spent together. And, you know, even now, like he's still the coach there and we, we text every now and then. So uh, really? I think that's awesome. Yeah. yeah he seemed yeah. like a good. Dude. Yeah. <clears throat> I think um, I went back and just checked out the highlights, you know, the college highlights H- had to, had to look him over. And I, I think you were ready to, I, <laughs> I honestly like what some of the stuff that you can do, like is really, really special. And I think like a lot of people slept on that. Um, and I'm sure that's something that, that you feel like being drafted. What was it? 40, 45th pick, right? Wasn't is that right? And obviously uh, I'm a little bitter about it cause I'm a Mavs fan. So uh, I, I know, uh, <laughs> I know things, uh, you, you know, you started there. What has the conversation been like with, different organizations that you've been in touch with. And obviously you're here with the Thunders now about health and your body and like taking care of yourself. And then two part question after that, I'd love for you to get into like the one thing that you're adding this year that you're really focused on um, to kind of grow your game forward. Sure. Um, Yeah. So to your first question, this is the first offseason I've had with no injury since being in the league. Um, You know, I came in my rookie season I played my whole last year, my junior year at Nebraska and my whole rookie season in the NBA with plantar fasciitis, Oof. which I mean, it's brutal. It's, it's a brutal oh. injury. It's you had it your good. whole junior year. Yeah, I had it. I, wow. I had, had it going into the summer of my junior season, played the entire year with it, was able to get drafted with it. And then uh, went to Dallas, played about, they kind of like sat me. I was playing mostly in the G league and they were like, you know, you'll play 15 minutes. If it hurts, we'll sit you down for a week. So I kind of doing that the whole year, which was it was tough on not only my body because my, my foot was still hurting, but also on my mental because like yeah. you know no matter how I play, I'm only gonna get 15 minutes, and I'm not, and I know I'm not playing my to my up to my potential because I only have one good leg. Like so, um, that was big. Like and but also at the same time, I knew like I was able to get drafted with one good foot. Like I know I'm, when I get two good feet, like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be ready to go. Um, so when I got traded to Oklahoma City, they actually. And the pandemic actually helped me out a lot. Like the, the timing of the pandemic was was kind of really good for me because it allowed me to – they shut me down for the season. Obviously, the bubble started back up later in the year. But when the pandemic hit and, and the season got canceled, we uh, they let me get surgery. Um, I was able to go get surgery, rehab, come back come back strong. And, um, you know, I got I had the time to, to recover my body. So um, that's why last, last year I think that's, that was a big reason for me taking a big jump and being able to play the amount of minutes I did. Um, and then this off season, you know, I've just been even just more kind of like just learning about my body, learning how to take care of my body. Like, um, talking, I got to talk to a lot of veteran guys, guys who have been in the league a long time. Uh, Chris Paul was there with Oklahoma city when I got my surgery and we had to talk about like, you know, um, he had the same type of injury early on in his career and he didn't get surgery. And he said, like, he's still dealing with that sometimes. Like, you know, he's got to be extra mindful about, okay, I got to stretch up the practice. I got to stretch. I got to warm up properly before, before the games, before practice, whatever. Um, so he kind of gave me, you know, he's like, take care of that thing. Like, don't rush it. You know, this, your body is, you know, once your body's gone, that's, you're no longer going to be in the NBA. So um, being able to hear stuff like that has just made me like, kind of like a freak about taking care of my body and, uh, you know, researching things and what can I do to make sure my, my, you know, whatever, my calves are, are, are uh, stressed enough to, to make sure that my feet aren't going to be hurting, you know, stuff like that. Just learning more stuff about that. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm sure recovering from that injury is, is something that goes a long way for your confidence as well, right? Like you're not going to be second guessing yourself when you're playing out there thinking about, you know, re-injuring yourself. So it's good, you know, that you're fully healthy this offseason. And to go to your point with Chris Paul, I mean, it's a guy who's dealt with injuries his entire career. And so it's it's good to have a veteran kind of give you that advice and pass it along to you to to take care of your body. No doubt. I mean, those guys, it, it's honestly like having played one full season in the NBA, like it's it's super impressive how those guys are they're like, you know, 35, 36. Oh yeah. Still at the highest level. It's it's really impressive. Like, and then even for like guys who do like the um I forget what it's called, like the Iron Man. I think the guys who play all 82 games, that's that's you know, that's that's a that's a huge feat. Yeah. Yeah. Used to be Wes Matthews nickname, but then he got hurt a couple of times. Uh <laughs> No, but I think especially for a guy like you and like what your skill set is, right? Like you're such a you're such a just awesome athlete, especially in comparison to some of the other bigs in the NBA, where if you catch the ball in the three pointer, I mean, it's it's one of your favorite moves. You hit him with that quick jab and you're buying for an easy dunk. So that's you know, you got to be able to have that explosiveness and really be at 100 percent health to be able to do that kind of stuff. So I can imagine that that's something that the training staff are, are always talking to you about. Yeah, because I mean, like you said, like I'm not, I'm not a traditional five man. Like you know, I'm I'm six eight, six nine, uh, two thirty. You know, so you know that's that's my advantage on guys is, uh, you know, I, I can I can push the ball in transition, I can take them off the dribble. You know, if if we're playing, you know, Utah, and you know they got Rudy Gobert who sits in the paint, just just guards the entire paint by himself. When he's guarding me, he has to he has to come out a little bit, and um, you know, so. That, that kind of throws a wrench in, in typical game plans for other teams. Yeah. It a, have, a little bit more freely. Like we have five guys on the perimeter who can all pass, dribble, shoot. Um, so that's kind of what our team is kind of built on right now. Have you apologized to Robin Lopez yet for just absolutely embarrassing him last <laughs> oh year? God, that was awesome. <laughs> I think we lost that game, honestly. So no, I'm, no, he, he can't get an apology from me. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's like a, uh, you know, that's a battle between me and him, I guess. But I mean, at, at the end of the day, they, they won that game. So. Um, same thing with Vucevic. That was kind of like my first highlight I had where I, you know, I made, I had Vucevic, he, he had like 20 something on me. I had like, I had 19 or 20 on him and, uh, I had a highlight on him and he was, you know, he kind of gave me some, uh, gave me some crap for it after the game. He was like, you don't got to do that to, to an old guy like that. But, uh, you know, I had, I had a few, few good highlights last year. Felt good. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, quick question about a guy like Gobert, cause he's been brought up a couple of times, like on our show. What is it like kind of like just from like, you know, coming down the court perspective, seeing him in that paint? I'm always so curious about it because we get the, like, you know, in the stands, even in like on TV, we get the side view. So it doesn't look as big, but I'd imagine he's so wide and he covers so much yeah. range that maybe you could speak to like as a big, how really good defensively he is. Yeah, there's a few guys like him. Uh, obviously, he's the best at what he does, but um, it's almost like a like you think you have more space than you actually do because yeah, he's that, he's that big of a person. And like he's in the paint and he's taking up a lot of space. But even when you go to take a layup, like you don't realize how long his arms are until he's mm. blocked your shot. Like he can really guard the entire paint by himself. Like, like him, Clint Capella, um, guys who, and, and Gobert is taller than Capella, but Capella does, he's, his arms are, I don't, they might be longer than, than Gobert's. Like, it's just some things, um, you know, you can't really practice for <laughs> like, like yeah. we have like, like our coaches have like, um, they're like things you can hold to like block shots. Like it extends your, your wingspan, like a couple feet to like block shots when you, when we do like layup drills or something like that. And like, it's still not, 
it's still not as long as Rudy Gobert's wingspan. So it's like, you know, go to the game. You got to just, you got to just be aware. You got to use different, different angles. Like you can't just go straight through them. You got to go over them, around them. Um, and you know, that's, that's just something that comes with more experience. Yeah. I mean, those trainers are what, like five, 10, five, 11 kinesiologists <laughs> from Northwestern. Who's like reach with the block. You know, you get, y'all know what I'm talking about with the blockers <laughs> that'll go to like what six, nine that we see in karate class. Yeah. yeah. The, the, you're like, all right, boom, bam, like on the on the opposite hand with it. Or like they hit you with the pad when you're going up for the layup, but it's like imagine Dewan Blair just bumping you with his hip. You know, yeah. like it's a little different. It's what just a, a little different. Yeah. We're was, getting some was... great throwback names in this this podcast, by the Thanks. way. I heard a I heard a Cliff Alexander out of Isaiah though. That was earlier. Cliff Alexander, he was um man, he, he was a beast. Like I saw him break a backboard. No, and I was like, this, what? Dude, this dude's three years older than me. He's breaking backboards. Like, no, nah, he he was a he was a uh, man. He was a freak. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I haven't seen him play. I know he's playing in the G League a couple of years ago. Um, I think he got he, bad advice. Oh, did he? I, no, he I, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like I'll like. Let me. I'll kind of pose it to you because it seems like you had good advice. Like your coaching staff, like kind of made sure you were ready to go to the league. He was yeah. top recruit, and he just like wasn't ready to go to the league. I don't know if self does a good job of getting guy or putting guys in a position, you know, it's always team first, which right. I get, look, you're trying to win a championship and it's Kansas. Like you're always going to be contending. Even guys like Embiid and Wiggins, who we've seen live. We were, when we were at Texas, we saw them live. They weren't even close to what, you know, they do now in the pros where they could kind of be a bit more individual it was so team centric. Right. They were both playing together. Right. I don't know if Cliff had that opportunity to kind of showcase himself individually, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and his, and his style of game was like, he was just like, he was a, a grown man playing against high school kids in high school. So it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. like, I, I don't know how much bigger he got when he got to Kansas or whatnot, but he was already, you know, a grown man. But I think that sometimes hurts you. Like, I know that hurt me, like growing up where I was from uh, in my, in my high school conference, we had one other guy who was six, eight, six, nine. And other than that, it was just all a bunch of six, four guys that were guarding me. So like for me, like I get to the rim anytime I wanted. And then you go to college <laughs> and it's not the case anymore. You got to actually have something to yes. your game. Yeah. So like with Cliff Alexander, somebody like Cliff Alexander, or, you know, a lot of, there's, I mean, there's more guys like not just to call him out, but <laughs> we're just like, they're so dominant at a young age. I feel like it, it, it limits your, the skill you have to, you know, you have to have to, to get, Absolutely. to get, it stops or whatever. I mean, you always hear about those guys that have like late growth spurts, right? Like, was Anthony Davis one of them, right? Like, AD, yeah. dude, he was like five, yeah. like, he was like five, four. The next thing you know, he's seven, seven. Like, it's <laughs> the dude, like, shot up right. through the roof like a cartoon, right? And that's why he's got the skill set he does because, like, he was playing point guard. That's that's kind of like, like, I was playing when I was in fifth grade, I played on the eighth grade B team in my town, and I was the shortest guy out there. So they had me playing point guard, and oh. so, like, that's where, like, I think I feel like that's where I have some, you know, I can push the ball in transition. I can, I can play make for guys. Um, but now it's just about for me, I think this year is about being more efficient and, and taking care of the ball more knowing, you know, now that I have a year under my belt, like just, just being more, uh, being more composed and it's not it being more consistent. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. I mean, it's more important to be good at basketball before you're being good at, you're good at being big kind of thing. Right. There's always going to be. Yeah there's going to be somebody bigger than you eventually. Like you're going to find somebody who's, who's Rudy Gobert or, um, you know, or Boban Marjanovic. Like there's going to be somebody bigger than you. 
yeah. that guy that guy's that guy that guy's just almost too big to be for me and him to be considered the same species of like but, <laughs> but boban like he's got that little like 14 foot hook like he's so yeah. he's high percentage within 15 feet it's not just yeah. that he's that tall yeah no boban is he's he's good he's unstoppable like if he gets in the paint it's over with like what are you gonna do like mm-hmm. he's he, and he's like it's funny because when i was with dallas like he, he didn't he can't play that much i think just because like they try to limit the miles on his body just because he's so so big right um like all right we're down we're down eight let's put Boban in let him get six straight points six straight rebounds and then you know he'll sit back down like it's but I mean he's he is he's one of those guys who's like he's just massive like I remember we played um we played the Mavericks last year and we had a guy who's on the Mavericks now Moses Brown and him and him and Boban in the paint it's like there's no room for anybody else to get a rebound it was either going to be Moses going to get the rebound or Boban's going to get the rebound (laughs) He's huge. He's another guy that's just like massive. Yeah, he's like seven, seven, one, right? Seven, he's seven, one, seven, two. Some, some way too, way too tall. Yeah. Who, whose game did you model yours after, and did it change as you, you know, because some guys kind of lock in on one guy. I know as you get older, you're watching so much film that it kind of, you know, you just kind of get different things from different guys. What was kind of your trajectory in that sense? Um, to be honest, I don't like. I didn't really grow up watching guys too closely, like. It, in like a sense of like, I'm going to copy their game. Like more for me, it was more like, I like to hear guys' mindsets and like what, like what drives them. So like a, a big guy for me was Dane Lillard. Um, I remember he had, I don't know if you guys ever watched it. He had like a series when he got drafted. It was called like, it was called License, License to Lillard, I think it was called. And it kind of just detailed his, his draft process and, you know, waking up at 6 a.m. to go work out and running the hills, running, running, this, uh, running in the, on the beach, stuff like that. And that was like that was more stuff I would look into. Like I wouldn't really watch guys film and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna go practice," you know, you know, uh, Jamal Crawford, the double behind the back. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna practice that stuff. But like I just love I love just watching basketball and watching guys get after it. Um, I'll probably say like the guy I watched the most probably is LeBron. You know, like kind of like a playmaking forward. Um, that's what I played in high school. Like in high school, I played point guard and center at the same time. Like kind of like I do now, honestly like a point center for our team. Um, and like, so that, that's, those, those are the guys I like to like, I like to watch, I guess, but I never really had like one guy I really locked in on. You mentioned mental health a couple of times, you know, was that something you're always subconsciously into? It's such a big topic now in sports. Like, you know, astronomically has grown. Like yeah. it was never talked about or guys that I just watched the malice and the palace doc on Netflix. Have you seen it yet? Yeah. I just watched it like maybe two weeks ago. How cra- How epic was that? It was yeah, great. it was cool. It was good. Really good. It was great. I mean, and then Meta World, our test, we'll call him, we'll go with Meta World Peace. I think <laughs> it is like, I, don't, I think he's combined the names now. Yeah. But a guy like that, back then, he's a problem. He's an issue. We can't have him on the team. He's a liability rather mm-hmm. than focusing on, okay, what's going on here? How can we help him? type deal right. like even Jermaine O'Neal's like we knew he was getting you know help but we didn't even ask or go to that extent of what so right. how important has that been for you the mental health side of things especially with this day and age yeah it's been huge like that's that's like a really big part of it now like and I think it's a good thing because growing up like even myself you you see sports from the outside like before social media you didn't, you didn't really know like what guys do like you didn't know um you know a guy like LeBron, he also plays video games in his spare time. Like, he's not always at the gym. Like, he's not waking up. I remember stories of, like, somebody like Kobe. They say, like, Kobe used to wake up 4 a.m., work out, go to sleep, work out, like, that type of thing. So, like, 
and not everybody's wired wired like that. Like if Kobe was wired like that, you know, that's that's why he was as great as he is. But at the end of the day, some people got to take care of their mental health. So if you if it's okay to you know to to watch watch movies at night and not watch a film for hours, stuff like that. Um, and I kind of learned that my freshman or my rookie season, like I remember during training camp, I was doing two a days by myself. Like I would go in at nighttime and work out. And one night I was in there real, I was in there late and one of the trainers walked in and he was like, you got to stop doing this. Like, this is a long season. Like, we know you want to be great. We know you have that work ethic, but like, you're going to run yourself into the ground. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't do this. Like you can't, you can't sustain this for an entire season. Um, and it, he was right. <laughs> but uh, I mean, just things like that, like being able to, to kind of tap, like unplug from basketball. Like at this point it, it is, it is a job. And obviously it's something that that we all love to do. Like it's something that we grew up doing. It's it's like it's a it's a game. Um, but at the same time, like it is your work. So you gotta find ways to unplug. Even last year, like obviously we didn't have the best season as far as wins and losses. And like there would be times where we go on a losing streak and I wouldn't sleep. Like I wouldn't be able to sleep that well because like I'm thinking like, okay, I could have did this, I could have did that. I missed this shot because I was leaning, I was leaning to the left. And and so I'll be up at night all night just just thinking about that. And and somebody like Al, Al Horford, George Hill, these guys have been through it. And they're like, you know, you like you're gonna play a lot of games in this league. Um, you gotta you gotta be able to let that go. You gotta be able to just look at it objectively and move on to the next thing, or else you know you're not gonna it's not gonna be good for you. Yeah. You what are it. some of those those things that you do to unwind and just chill? Like what what do you like to do? Uh for me, you know, I have you know, I love I love playing video games. You know, I'm really good at FIFA. FIFA's my game. Like nobody, like everybody on our team has tried to challenge me. And, <laughs> and it's like, I might have lost like three games out of like fifty. Like it's really, yeah. I'm real. I'm real good at FIFA. Who's um, your team? Whoever. Why well, does not matter? FIFA player. I don't even matter. Like I just randomly pick a team. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty nice at FIFA. And then um, Call of Duty here and there, Madden. Uh, 2K, not so much. I feel like I play basketball all day. Like, I don't really want to go home and play basketball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless it's time, to, like, you know, you have like that one of those rough days, like, all right, I'm going to turn my guy up to 99 <laughs> and just dominate on whoever right. the hell we just play. And the Call of Duty thing is, it was always tough for me to get into because you, ha- you really have to be good. Yeah. Like, FIFA, yeah. FIFA could kind of get away with dicking around a little bit. Like, all right, like, if right. I get, if I get knocked five nothing to Isaiah, like, whatever, we can, like, you know, right. I'm not like totally. Call of Duty's lost, Call of Duty would like bring something out of you didn't know was inside you. Like it'll make yeah. you really like you watch these guys stream and they're like, Nick, you play, you play, did you play Call of Duty? I played a lot of Call of Duty in high school and a little bit in college. And then I've just like lost touch with it. And like I could I could easily say now that I would get my ass whooped if I went to war zone right now. Like I'm so far behind. Those guys are so good. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Like people like yeah, no, I, I, honestly, I stopped playing Warzone because it's like one of those things, like even with, like with Fortnite, I played Fortnite a lot in college. That was really big. And I took like a month off, came back and everybody can do just different stuff. Like it's the gaming is real now. Like, it, like I got a 10 year old, I got a 10 year old brother who could even like he can do more than me on, on video games now. Oh, yeah. The young kid. Like, will yeah, wax. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. But I mean, OK, so aside from video games, um, I like to get outside, try to get outside however I can. You know, especially with COVID, like last year, it was tough to get outside and like couldn't go to your favorite restaurant. You couldn't go to the movies. Those are all things I love. I love going to the movies. Um, so like last year, I was doing a lot of trying to get outside fishing. Um, I have I have two dogs, so go outside, walk my dogs around the, around the lake, something like that. Just 
um, to try to do things that, you know, to where you can just unplug, like not getting on social media, that stuff's, that stuff's not always good for you. You need to, you need to break from all that. Bro. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what kind of dogs you got? You got two? Yeah. I, I just got a, another puppy. Me and my, uh, I have a, I have a bull terrier and a, a French bulldog. Oh, nice. French bulldog's cute as hell. I don't know the bull terrier as well. well it's, the, it's the target dog. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, oh or, dude. The, yeah. Like, you go from Friday. Yeah, that one's mad cute. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, like, big football head, like, face is super long. Good on you, man. That's like a we had two dogs for two weeks in college. They were puppies. It was like I was so not. I learned very quickly that if I had a kid on the fly, that I'd be screwed. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's yeah. it's like having a it's like having a little kid, but like you can put them in a cage. You can't do that. When <laughs> you're when you're a professional athlete during the season and you're on the road, who takes care of the dogs? So my girlfriend, I live with my girlfriend. She yes. helps me out. But yeah, if I didn't have a girlfriend, I probably wouldn't got dogs. Um, like I know some guys in college, like you said, who got who had dogs and like it's it's tough. Like you need somebody to help you. So um, and even she's got her own schedule. So like sometimes we'll have to put them in like a like a um we we have a family here that that helps take care of them when That's we're on the road. But nice. um yeah, definitely it's tough to do it on your own, especially when they're like puppies. Yeah, they're cute. So you, did you get them during COVID? No. Uh, well, the first one I got in college, actually, I got I got my sophomore year. That I, that's when I got the bull terrier, and then I got the French bulldog maybe like three months ago. A puppy. Gotcha. Yeah, it's yeah, so my- interesting. I feel like a lot of people got dogs during COVID, and like now that things are slowly opening up, I know like there's another spike with the Delta and stuff like that. But that I'm hearing a lot of stories about covid dogs like not doing well with other dogs because yeah they haven't been able to like socialize and interact and they just become really like codependent with the owner which is kind of wild yeah. sure yeah it, like that's why i'm glad like i'm kind of glad like my dog she she gets to go to like um like i said like to that family's house so they have dogs in and out and they, oh. she people so like you gotta yeah if you don't if you don't socialize your dog it's gonna be it's not gonna be good for like the, the day when the day comes you have to like go leave at somebody's house or whatever like it's going to be bad for you so it's still an, uh, it's still an animal you know like the, yeah. t- we talk about mental health of people i think we're starting to realize oh like you know what we're not the only kind of species on this planet there's other kind of animals right. and they're probably not that far off from us <laughs> right. um yeah but that's good on you for the dog hey sometimes the dogs help get the girlfriends <laughs> good for you for having but all, all three in the same i guess two dogs all three at the same time i'm like shit man maybe i should go get a dog you know <laughs> I'm, stuck, hey, I'm stuck with these two. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll help for sure. And it's good. Like you come home from a long road trip, you come home with your dogs. Like no matter how you played, like no matter what, your dog dog's always gonna be happy to see you. You get a double double or a zero zero or put up a Tony Snell game. That dog is gonna love you no matter what. Yeah. That's the. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have a couple quick hitters. We'll get to you, Isaiah. But we always ask all our guests the same question. Um, it could be from you playing anything watching doesn't matter what is your favorite sports memory ever favorite sports memory um i'll probably say i'll probably say the night, the night i got drafted does, does that count that's, no, that's dude yeah okay we have people <laughs> talking about little league all the time dude whatever it's as long as it has to do someone yeah, the crazy part is like like most of my like my best memories are probably from like AAU or high school, honestly, because that's like that's the time when you're playing and like everybody's there for the same reason. Like we're all here to like to win this this weekend tournament or we're here to 
to win a conference uh, high school uh, championship, something like that. So, like, that's probably, like, the most fun time I would have had playing sports. And, like, those, like, all the guys I grew up playing with, like, those are probably, like, still, like, I talked to most of them, uh, shoot, at least, you know, weekly, but definitely some even daily still to this day. Um, but, like, getting drafted was special because, like, I had my family there. Um, everybody, I feel like everybody that was really – like crucial to me getting to that point to getting drafted was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was awesome. Like it was just a good night. It was kind of scary though, because like I was, I was told that I was going to get drafted somewhere in the thirties and that pick ended up getting traded. So I was kind of, I was kind of scared. Like it got, the night got kind of scary, but uh, you know, it all, it all worked out good. And, you know, it was a great night and it was just, a, it was just a fun time to be able to spend with, you know, guys I grew up playing basketball with football with, um, and then my, my my high school football or high school basketball coach was there also, and um, so it was it was just a great time. Getting promised you picked in the '30s, and then we get to like, uh oh, that pick's gone. I, I can imagine that being pretty nerve wracking. There's yeah. some kind of pressure with people around you, like you know they're there to celebrate you, but you want to like get it over with so the celebration can start. Right, exactly. But it was, I mean, um, like I said, like even going to Nebraska, like it was never part of my plan to go to the NBA like my, my plan was truly just to go there and just help help win games help win you know just make history there yeah. and you know just end up working out just more than I could even imagine nice, nice. nice. all right we got some quick hitters for you uh Toss you want to throw them at them yeah give me give me uh give me one second Lost in the past, lost in the sauce. Oh, yeah, we got a list, bro. We got a game. Just a couple, just a couple. It's, it's just a couple. We just got, we just got 35 for you. So if you have a seatbelt, we recommend you putting it on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. First one How good can SGA become? How good is he? Is he, and just the, this is not a quick hitter, I guess, really, but is he one of those guys, (laughs) a medium hitter, that's one of the most underrated players in the league? For sure. I mean, I think if you watch the games that he was playing versus the games he wasn't playing, you could see his impact on the, on the team. Um, I think I, th- I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, you know, playing just even playing with him in pickup now, like he's he's stronger um, than he was last year. He's 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 making tough shots. Like he, he's doing what he does, and he makes it look so easy. He's one of those guys that you watch, and it's like, oh, like oh, you can go. Out, I can go out there and just take a thirty foot side step, step back over defender like he makes it look so easy so I can do that too but it's not easy like he's he works on that and and uh you know he's he's a killer so I think the sky's the limit for him yeah we agree we, we're big SGA fans we've yeah. always been and he just came out and he's like I'm the black yeah. Steve Nash I'm like hell yeah I'm super <laughs> he, he actually say that though because I said that to him in practice he's like I didn't say that he didn't say that I just fuck Instagram dude I hate the shit I'm so done with Instagram if he didn't say that I'm, I'm deleting this app it's over he might have actually said it I don't know but I, I said it to him he was like, nah, he's like, nah, that's not me. Like, I didn't say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. All right. What's the, uh, what's a play mid game that fires you up more than anything? Is it the big block catching the lob dunking uh, over a guy? What, what is it for you? Yeah, definitely dunking on somebody. That's like the, that's like, that's like the highest adrenaline you can get. I feel like, um, yeah. getting a big block is cool, but then you still got to go down and score now. Like, when you when you dunk on somebody, usually the ball bounces around a little bit. You get a little time to flex or something. Like, so it's a little bit more, you know. It goes wild, and you get two points on the board. It's always good. What do, do you think? Uh, you guys play the Suns this year. Is Jalen Smith going to be coming after you? You you put one down on him in college that was oh <laughs> big time. 
<laughs> I did. No, he, I mean, shoot. He was, um, I think that was his freshman year. And like, he was a big part of our, 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 uh, our scouting report that day. So like, you know, I think he's really good. He's, he's athletic. He, he kind of, we kind of have the same, like similar games. You know, he can do a lot. Um, he can shoot, dribble, get to the rim. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting some more battles against him. It was fun playing against, you know, playing against those Maryland teams. Yeah. yeah, it's like one of those guys, like he's a 10th pick and he didn't like contribute like right away. And by the way, a team that went to the championship. So like it's a rookie, like yeah. everyone's ready to like throw him to the fire. It's like, hold on. Let's let these guys mature a little bit for five seconds. Right. And that's 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 the world we live in today. Like if a guy if a guy doesn't if he's a top 10 pick, and he don't average 15. He's a he's a bust. And it's like, bro, like, Thank him. he's a solid play. He's a really solid player. Even as a rookie, he's solid. And I think just especially being a part of that team, like it's, it's going to be hard to find minutes on a team like that. Like he's playing behind Torrey Craig. He's playing behind Jay Crowder. Like these guys who have been in the league for a long time and that winning teams want. So, like, um, I think people are going to be probably be surprised when he comes out and he has a good year. And they're like, oh, he could have did this his rookie year. Well, maybe, no, he probably couldn't know because he had to learn that from those guys and he had to, you know, gain experience. So he's, he's going to be he's going to be good. He could have been he could have been amazing his rookie year, and you're not playing him over Jay Crowder in the playoffs. That's, right, the guy's right. a winner. Yeah, yeah. You guys, right. big, are you guys big Jalen Smith fans? Well, that was kind of a random name to pull out. No, I just, I mean, you just posterized him, so I thought I'd pull it out. Oh. <laughs> We're also yeah, but yes, to answer your question, we are nerds. <laughs> We're basketball nerds, bro. We like, yeah, we know every, we know yeah, we have, we have one buddy who's the big Maryland guy. And every year he's yeah, like, they're going to be the best team in college basketball. So it's like the Maryland, they always, they, Hey, they always have great players. So that's, they that's do. for they sure. They, they, a lot of NBA guys. Yeah. All right. Who's the best in the world right now? Right now. Um, yeah, honest. Yeah. Like the, the, what he was doing in the finals and even what he did to get them out of that, you know, the Brooklyn series, the the Atlanta series, like, yeah, Giannis for sure. Like he, he, he looked unstoppable and on both sides of the floor, he was making plays. Like mm-hmm. he's a guy who like, there's a lot of guys in the NBA you have to like fully game plan for. And he's one of them. Like you got a fully game plan for him you get to stop him. You got a fully game plan for Steph to try to contain him. Uh, Jokic, obviously Embiid, but yeah, no Giannis, when he, when he has it like that, like how, like how we had it in the finals, it's going to be hard to beat them. Yeah. And when the game plan is foul him and, and he, and makes he goes it. and hits every single free throw, except one, he had 17 yeah. free throws. You're really in trouble. So yeah, you're, you're in trouble. <laughs> Shaq What's your favorite? Out. Yeah. With the free throws. <laughs> What's your favorite sports movie? Favorite sports movie. Um, or your favorite movie. Either one. Blurry, Blurry Road. Hmm. Glory Road's Russ. great. Glory Road's yeah. a really underrated movie. It is for sure. Gets slept on all the time because of Hoosiers. I, like everyone goes to Hoosiers or Coach Carter for the basketball movie. Never seen really? <laughs> I've never seen Hoosiers. I promise you, bro. Like if you're gonna get anything from this friendship right now that we've just started watch today, it. watch Hoosiers. I promise you, it's a good movie. Hey Isaiah, I, I'm with you. I've never seen it either. You never seen it? Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's probably a great movie, but like. I haven't seen Hoosiers. There's some other like there's some other great movies, like great sports movies that people say like, oh yeah, it's the best movie. I've never seen them. Like I don't really, I'm not really like a big movie guy in that sense. Like uh, right. what's the the what the White Sox game out oh, in the cornfield? Oh, uh, field of dreams. 
But even how I'm describing it, you can tell. I don't yeah, know. It, that that one's good. It's overrated. Like, but if you play basketball, like you'll dig. Hoosiers is like a cool story. I mean, Glory Road's great. Yeah, um, Re- rebound with Martin Lawrence. Got to check that one out too. <laughs> yeah. Shazam with uh, Jack. Yeah. What, it, what about regular? What What about just like regular movies? You said you like to go a lot. Uh, yeah. Um, like my favorite movie of all time is probably Dark Knight. That's probably like that's that's like a, like with that movie at all i could watch that movie all day um i'm trying to think i i love going to the movie. i love scary movies like scary movies are probably like my favorite movies to go watch in the theater like i went and watched candy man last week that was great yeah i just saw that you liked it i, I thought it was great I, i'm not gonna say it's great i, I lied no, it's not great but like like i just love being in the movies like no matter what no no matter how the movie was i was gonna have a good time but after seeing the original like being from being from illinois like oh yeah you, yeah, like we we know Candyman, like Candyman's big, and like that's what like I grew up like we would we never said uh, it's Bloody Mary when we said Candyman, like that's that's how we always knew it. Oh. So like it was all right. I'm not gonna say it was the best movie, but it was all right. So I didn't realize when I I went and saw it too, and I didn't realize that it's like it's a sequel basically. Like yeah, but I hadn't seen the original, and so like they're throwing all this stuff at me, and I'm like it's all new to me, right? I was kind of right. confused until I read up on it afterwards, yeah. but. Yeah, yeah, he's great. That guy's, that guy's awesome. That actor. Squad but, yeah. Netflix party back. The trio of movies. We'll do Hoosiers into the original Candyman into Dark Knight. Which, by the way, you say you could watch that all day. I think I've actually watched that movie back to back. Like just, no, like, I, yeah. You probably learn. You learn something new every time. Like you just see something new, or and I think just like especially like the whole thing with Heath Ledger and like you know obviously like the all that surrounding the movie. Like it was just like I, I've always been inter- interested by it. I don't know why, but yeah, I have it on a on PSP and I used to take my PSP on airplanes when I would, when I would fly and that was the only movie I had. So I watched that all the time. Oh, I still the PSP and then you make a comeback PSP. Such a good system. Ahead of its time. Way For ahead sure. of its time. <laughs> I watched my first porn on PSP. <laughs> oh maybe nice I good for you for yeah, checking that thing out i didn't had i didn't have the psps i didn't know you could do that on there but <laughs> yeah all right last one starting five all-time chicago hoopers oh man i don't know if i could do that that's that's tough um say d rose yeah mm-hmm. um I don't know, man. That's tough. That's tough. I don't know if I can do that one because there's a lot of there's too many. Like we have like, and I'm not even from Chicago for one, so I, like I'm probably gonna miss somebody. Like there's probably somebody that's really cold that I don't even know about from like back in like the 80s, 90s. For sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. All I know is for sure, D. Rose has to be on there. That's all I can. That's all I can definitely yeah. say. Yeah, like but- he, he was like, um. I mean, when I was in middle school, D. Rose was the guy. Like, like. Everybody on my team had D roses. Guys are wearing D rose basketball shoes to school. Like he, he was he was the one. Like he was he was a legend, and he's still. I mean, he's still a legend. Like I think I played him in my first preseason game, and like it was just like dang. Like he was the guy. He was the first guy I played against. It was like dang. Like that's that's D rose. Like he's he's a legend. It's he's the most like. Would you things on our Instagram where it's like interactive polls where you get like thousand plus votes like hundreds of people kind of like always interacting with us via that way and every time you put a d rose poll up 
it could be like literally against LeBron, like who's the best player. And he will like have, if not win, have like a fighter's chance more than he yeah. ever should. Just cause he's like the most likable player of all time. I think. Yeah. Like he's just a real dude. And like, nah, yeah, no, nah, that's, that's facts. That's facts. But yeah. um, yeah, the, I mean, the one I'm from, I'm from like, Illinois. Have, yeah. Yeah. So like the closest guy to me would be Fred Van Vliet. Like he, he grew up in rock. He grew up in Rockford, Illinois, which that's where my family's from. Mm-hmm. So like, I knew about him early on and he's, you know, he's a beast too. But um, I try to talk, I still haven't been able to talk to him though. I try to talk to him after, after we, we beat them actually at home and he was pissed. He didn't talk to me after the game, but <laughs> <laughs> he's like, like, he looks like pound for pound, like one of the toughest dudes out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, he is. I mean, I'm for, for instance, like I went, I watched him play at state and they were in the biggest class in Illinois, which is four a, yeah. which is like where Jabari Parker and, um, you know, all those guys are playing like that. Simeon, I don't know if you guys know of Simeon. That's yeah, like of a, course. Legendary. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the same class as, as his team was in. And I think they went to state with like their tallest guy being six, three, six, two. And like, and just like a bunch of, just a bunch of guys, same mentality as Fred Van Vliet. And he was their, obviously their point guard and went to Wichita state and played really well. But um, yeah, he's kind of always had that underdog, um, the underdog mentality about him too. I kind of like that part about him. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Awesome. Well, Isaiah, he's getting his shot. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting a shot big time. Well, speaking of getting your shot, you're up kid. Go dominate this year. Wish you nothing but the best. Um, Keep kicking ass. Have fun in OKC. I've actually been to that stadium. I watched the horns lose on a buzzer beater. So my memory there wasn't like that special, but it's a great, actually it's a real, I thought the stadium was awesome. It was a really cool place to play. It's a good spot. I haven't seen I haven't seen it with fans in it yet. Um, oh, that's gonna be awesome, yeah. dude! The fans are electric. I've heard, yeah, that's what everybody says. Like Oklahoma, it feels like I'm in college still. Like as far as like the support, like you know, you can go to New York or New York or Chicago and or just like bigger cities, and like you can go around and you won't see you know you know guys wearing Bulls gear all the time or something like that. But like here, it's like people have stickers on their car. Oh my god. Like it's, it's, you know, they, they really come out and support. So I'm looking forward to seeing the fans back out there and, you know, having that home court advantage that we missed last year. Yeah. I mean, it's all they got. You're the only professional team out there besides the AAA Dodgers team. So, I mean, right. they really care about you guys. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, Isaiah, thank you so much for joining us. We had a blast, man. For sure. Thank you guys for having me. Of course, brother. Of course. Great show. Great dude. Can't wait to run it back. We will run it back with him. Absolutely. Absolute homie, um, our age, cool dude from Illinois, Nebraska, product. Uh, we have another Fred Hoiberg guy coming through, George Niang, Monday. So NBA's back, baby. Get excited. We're brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag. Go bet on our boys to win the MVP. Screw it. Why not? They may have the odds. They may not. But most likely they do because it's betonline.ag and they have everything you'd ever want including the online casino, which is taking my money. I don't even care because I love betonline.ag. So go there today. Bet money. Win big. Thank you to Isaiah Roby. Fans out there, drag both feet inbound, swing in a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they free, and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they are free. We outcha. We love you.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.